And I heard I heard some of you just saying it quietly to yourself. I heard you would see a word on here, uh, and you would say "Amen." I wonder. I wonder this. Or just it may be a challenge. Go to YouTube. Find it's called "That's My King." You'll find this video really quickly. Watch it by yourself, alone. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you a really a couple of really sharp questions this morning. I didn't touch anything again. Anyway, I'm going to ask you a couple of really sharp questions this morning. Number one, if you can look at that video and you can truly answer yes to the question of, is Jesus my King? Then we're put on a pretty lofty pedestal to follow a pretty perfect person. If you don't know Jesus as King, or you say, I don't know who Jesus is, well, this morning, I'm thankful that you're here. My name's Matt. Hopefully, we can shed some light on who this Jesus guy is today. See, I didn't say was. (laughs) Jesus wasn't was. Jesus is. If you want to get really deep, and you go to connect groups this week, you're going to hear this. Not only is Jesus is, and He's not was, He always has been. So we give, we look in Scripture and we, and we want to get really, really specific with the words that we said or that we see. And in the very first part of Genesis, you're going to hear this, please. If you want to understand a little bit more about Genesis and you want to dive into some studies this week, our Connect Group lessons are awesome. But when you can read in the very first part of Genesis, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. It's really cool. Wow. All right. Good job, God. Excellent. But if you want to get really, really deep into it, you say, well, God's always existed, then where did the Holy Spirit and Jesus come from? They're always had, they always have been. Well, how do we know that? You look at the disciple John that wrote the book of John, and he starts off with the very first verse. In the beginning was the Word. Capital W. God the Father. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are there. Collectively together. But it's the other question of, okay, He can be God and He can create things, but who is He to you? Who is He? Oh, He's, he's a, you know, I thought about the, maybe a different version of this, and whenever I describe Jesus in my own life, and I won't put you in there, I'll just, I'll just be in line myself, maybe you have never struggled with any of this, but I'll put Him in like this. Jesus gets me out of trouble when I'm in trouble. He's the easy button to my easy button. Jesus makes things easier. Jesus makes my life more like hopscotch. It's completely false. (laughs) Didn't sleep much last night. I was really ready to preach this sermon. I want to ask you a question. Don't raise your hand. We're going to do some questions this morning. I want you to answer them internally. No elbowing your neighbor. No elbowing your wife or your husband. Do not look at your kids very, very viciously. I want you to answer these questions. I want, we're, just going to, we're, going to, we're going to get into this. Look at this. Do not raise your hand. We are eight days into this new year. Eight days. How many of you, if you have a New Year's resolution, how many of you answer in your head? 
Do not elbow your mate. I saw what you ate last night. You had a half bag of M&M's. Do not elbow your mate. How many people for the first eight days, seven and a quarter days, have have followed your New Year's resolution without breaking it? So you're laughing and go, well, it lasts like six hours. Now listen, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal because it proves a solid, significant point that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Okay, we're going to look there and just say we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in just a minute, but eight days. Eight days! And some of you are like, yeah, I started with like ten, I got like two left. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you've kept them. Maybe you've really tried to get into God's Word every day this, this, so far this year. Awesome. But I'm telling you, if you have your, if you have your pur- purple piece of paper that you were handed to by one of our First Impressions people, I want you to just open it up to the very first part. And we're going to look at, look at, we're going to look at some thoughts this morning. If you just open that up and go to the next screen, let's look at the first blank on there. You can fill this in. So what happens when we rely solely on ourselves? We fail, don't we? Don't we? Maybe I'm the only one on this bus. Whenever, whenever Matt relies on Matt, I can tell you exactly what happens in one word. You ready? Disaster. I'm not God. Look at the top of that page. Look at the top of this page in your, in your, in your worship handout. The title of this sermon is You Are God. Well, we, we, all, we can all give the Sunday school answer we were raised with or we heard about when we went to church a couple times. Who's, who, who's better? Who, who loves me or God? It's really easy because you just want to jump up and say, God, God. Listen, I know, this, I know the top five Sunday school answers of all time. God, Jesus, read the Bible, go to church, invite a friend. Anybody? On the money, right? Now look. But the problem is we say we know all the answers and we want to say it, but when we say the right answers and we don't do it, we fail. We do. Anything that goes on in your life, you say, God, I really want to trust you. I really want to do this. I'm going 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 to do this. And as soon as you take your eyes off of God or off of His plans, how does it go? Bad. Or, Or we do this. You know, God, right now, currently at this current situation, you ever had a conversation with God? Do not raise your hand. Okay? This could be embarrassing. But it, I have, so I'll just embarrass myself in front of you. I've had a conversation like this. God, if you could just get out of my way for just, just a little bit, I would like to have control of here. And it's not very long to where I'm going, okay, God, you know the area that I told you that I didn't want you to be in? Yeah, I want you to be all over it now. Because it's like a room that a three-year-old has just went in through, just, just destroyed. Adults are really good at that. Do you know that? We can act like children. Oh. We're mature, sophisticated adults. We're going to look at that in just a little bit. We like to do things under our own power without any help from anything outside. And it comes down to this. Whenever I, whenever I study God's Word, and I look, and I pray, and I'm talking with God, and I'm meditating on His Word, and I'm saying, God, what do I need to do? Or, this looks like it's too far out there. You know what? I, I get this almost the same answer comes back every time. 
You don't trust me, do you, man? God, I, I trust you. Then you hear this. <laughs> then do what I ask you to do. But, 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 but. There's things that come up. See, I want to control it. You and I have some issues that we need to deal with. No, no, that you didn't come into your connection or maybe you're visiting for the first time. You didn't come into connections thinking, oh wow, let me, just, let me just have a list of paper and Matt tells me what's wrong with myself. I know that you didn't come in here like that. So listen, listen to me. We're going to collaborate together and we are going to be involving ourselves with one common issue that we all struggle with. It's pride. Period. We all suffer from pride. Why? Because we're human. We're broken. Come to Connect Groups this month. You're going to find out how this whole... You, you wonder why things go bad in our world in 2017. Come to Connect Group and find out how the machine broke. You're going to start, we're going to start at the beginning of the Bible. Chronologically. It broke. But we suffer from pride. I'd like to think that if Adam and Eve hadn't have sinned, that maybe we would still be there. But here's the problem. I know me and some of you, that if we had that rope hanging down from the ceiling, and we had one rule, not to touch the rope, not to pull the rope, and the sign says, do not pull, me and you would hang on it. We, we, we want to do what we want to do. And I told you that we could be a lot like children. And some of you are thinking, I don't have pride, I'm not like a kid. Please go back and research what you just said. By saying you don't have pride, that could be prideful. We're, we're in trouble. We're sinful people now. I want, to, I, want, I want to look at this really close. We struggle from pride and we turn into children. Now, I'm not saying that you're not mature. I'm not calling you immature. But I'm saying that sometimes our actions go all the way back. If, you have, if you're around little children, you're going to get this in a hurry. Ready? You spend 10 minutes with a young child and you might hear this. Quit it! I can do it myself! Anyone? Some of you are going, no, that's my husband. No! No! Now listen. Listen, this is what happens when we rely solely on ourselves. A young child, see, we're born with pride. We're born with pride. You don't have to teach a child how to cry, a baby how to cry, to get attention. You don't have to teach him that. So, so, so you're like, well, this is a pretty good story about the three-year-old. Listen, we're in the same boat spiritually as the three-year-old is acting in his house. God, I can do this myself. Leave me alone. I can do it myself. <laughs> you know just as well as I do. Three-year-olds say, I want to do it myself. And if they can't instantly find success, who are they calling for? You. Rather loudly, I might add. Please get this off of me. Please help me with this. Please help me with this. Do we not do the same thing spiritually? See, there's a gigantic elephant in the room spiritually that people, Christians, followers of Jesus today, do not want to talk about, and it's this. You ready? We want to put on a class A act in front of everyone and think it's all together. Everybody has it all together. When people come over to my house, we have it all together. But the elephant in the middle of the room is sometimes we are heavily struggling with the ability to, to completely surrender and follow God. But we don't want anybody else to know about it. 
So prideful. You can't get away from that word. You can't. So the question is this. Maybe you have stuff going on today. Maybe you have stuff going on this week with your job, with your family. I'm going to ask you another, just the same question. It's on your, your purple piece of paper on the very top. It says, you or God? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 with me. If you have it on your, on your phone, uh, on your iPad or tablet or, or whatever, your Bible, whatever you have. If you're an underliner person, if you like to underline things in your Bible, please get that out. We're going to go over six verses of Scripture. And there are gigantic things that we can look at. But look with me in verse 1 of chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians. I'm just going to read through the first six and we're going to go back and look at them. It says, are we beginning to praise ourselves again? This is Paul talking. Are we like others who need to bring letters of recommendation who ask to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written on our hearts, in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. And this letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It's not carved on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. If you underline things, verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 3 is huge. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. This is a covenant not, written, not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. This is tough. This is hard. This is tough. We're in the middle of a story. What, what Paul's doing with his, with his friends that are here, his fellow ministers, and we're going we're gonna to look into this. But I'm telling you right now, any time anytime that a person, just because we're prideful by nature, any time somebody hears something that could go against maybe something they think they're doing right or something that they're not doing right but they need to do, it can be very, very difficult for them to hear. Some of you right now want to push the mute button on me. Listen, I was studying this sermon, I was writing this sermon, and I wanted to push the mute button. You know why? Because I'm prideful. God, I can do this on my own. I got it. Let's not talk about pride though. Yeah, that worked well. I want to ask God to speak to us this morning. So if you would just bow your head with me real quick. God, we're studying a very, very hard passage of Scripture. It is very sharp. We just ask God that you give us ears to hear and the Holy Spirit begins to just speak to our hearts inside of us. That we can truly understand maybe what it is you want us to do. And God, that you can work on us. In your name we pray. Amen. In the first verse here. Go ahead and go to the, go to the next one. Yeah. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? This is Paul talking. Now, what, there's these letters, these letters he talked about, he says, are we like others who need to bring letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. Here's the deal. In this time in history, in, in the biblical history, there were people that were walking around that were false teachers. They were not who they said they were, and they carried around false documents that were falsified so that they could, often it was a money-making thing. 
Okay? They would go around and they would preach and they would do these things and they would do all these things and they would they say, well, who are you? And they would present these letters. What Paul is saying here, Paul knows these people. He helped he helped with the first church in Corinth. He 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 understands these people, so he says this. He says, Are we get beginning to praise ourselves again? This can go two ways. One, he, one, he's talking with other people. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? You ever done this? You're, now, some of you, when I just mentioned earlier, have you kept your New Year's resolution for eight days? Some of you are inside are going, oh, I wish you would have us raise our hand because I did it. I got it. Now watch. Watch. You know how easy it is when we, when we, when we are trying to do... Maybe it's, maybe it's eating right and you, and you had a really good week of eating right. Remember... It doesn't take very long for somebody that's trying to eat right to justify a workout with Dairy Queen. We can do that, can't we? You know what? It's just a half a box of Junior Mints. They're fat-free. They are, by the way. There's a lot of sugar in them, though. So, are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Do you give yourself more credit than you deserve? See, this this is a, a constant struggle with our pride. Just, just bear with me. Maybe, maybe you're not even on this train. But sometimes in my life, I thought I'm like, you know what? I'm doing really good. And I wake up and I go, man, I'm doing a good job. You ever done this? Or woohoo, look at me. All right. And then you, then you talk to somebody and you, you nonchalantly you go, yeah, hey, my days were going pretty good. And it's like July, you know. You're like, I don't know if you noticed this, but for seven months every day I've been reading my Bible. It's no big deal. And you just kind of you just tell this epic story of hey look how great I am. He says, "Are you praising yourselves again?" Or Paul's talking another way, and this verse could be taken is, "Are we beginning to praise ourselves again?" Paul talking about himself and his and his buddies that are ministering. He said, "Do you think that we think we're good enough?" And Paul was the he was the expert on this. You know what Paul said when he was ever asked that question? He goes, "No, I am dirt compared to Jesus Christ." That's difficult. Let me tell you why it's difficult. Because he's human. <laughs> it's difficult. A pride gets in the way. Praising oneself. I love that. You can look out through his whole, his whole letters. But when Paul writes something, in his vocabulary is not the words, Look how good I am. In fact, you see the exact opposite. You say, it said, it's not for me, it's for Christ. May I die so that I can glorify Christ. He writes it from jail. He writes it from his house. He writes it away from home. He writes it everywhere. Maybe these people, in another way, are we beginning to pray yourself again? Maybe this is a way that Paul's talking to these people. He says, uh, excuse me, are we beginning to praise ourselves again as like talking with people? Now how about this? If you're a parent or you're around children or you've ever given a child instructions, <laughs> did you ever need to repeat those instructions to get that job done? No, perfect children, awesome. Great. We're, we have the only two that are bad. Anyway, <laughs> listen, listen, I often have to how do, how do we say? Remind. Have you ever been reminded? Here, oh, I often got reminded. As a, as a, you know, when I turned sixteen, I actually asked my parents if they wanted to still spank me, and we just get it over with. You know, my dad, my dad found something that was way worse. He goes, "Give me the keys." I go, oh, "You know what? I will take a spanking." 
here I am. Six, 16 years old, he goes, ah, how about no? And I go, you know, we really need to be able... I, I, I began my, my, my discussion phase. Maybe you had a, a teen, teenager that gets a little bit older. I began my bargaining days. You know what? I'll tell you what. How about I mow the yard, wash my car, we call this even? It, doesn't ever, it never worked in my house. I got reminded. <laughs> and then I got reminded when I didn't have these. Th- this was horrible. Teenagers are getting ready to turn 16 and going, do not tell my parents about that. They already know. They already know. But he's, he's trying to remind them. He's saying, listen, we're prideful people. We need to be broken to follow Christ. And I'm not some punk off the street is what he's saying. He said, listen, you know exactly who I am. Our, him, and, and, and the people that were with him, our lives speak for ourselves what we're doing. He says this. He keeps going. He says, Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. You know exactly who I am, he says. I think he wants to get their attention right here. Now some of you are going to be very interested in this. If you're into investing about things that are just these new awesome products, Paul's getting ready to give these guys like what would be the equivalent of more than investing a whole bunch of money in 1980 in this really small company called Apple. Some of you have no idea what Apple is. iPhone, anyone? Okay. Paul is getting ready to give them something better than an investment advice in Apple in 1979 or 1980. By the way, if you would have done that, wow, just call me. We'll go out for lunch. You buy. No. (laughs) He's getting ready to give them the secret to life. How many of your friends or how many times have you sought out the answer to that question? What is the secret of life? What's the secret of life? How can I be happy? What am I supposed to do? Where do I where am I supposed to go? What am God, it seems like I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and you won't tell me what I do. Actually the Bible does tell us this. He says while you're waiting I want you to worship me. What? In a first world America that doesn't make sense. It's what can you give me today? Or more recently what offends you today? What is we're spoiled. We are. He's getting ready to give them the secret of life. I imagine their ears whew, perked up. Look at verse 2. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Now, he's talking to the hearers of this message. These people he's talking to. They've read his letters, people. They've either, they've either been with him in the church in Corinth. They've read his other letters to the other churches, Ephesus, Philippi, these other things like this, Galatia, all these things. They've read these letters. And now, Paul says, listen, you know who I am. You know exactly who I am. recommendation we need is you yourself. He goes on. He says, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. He's talking about people that had their lives changed. 
He's talking about the new covenant here. He's talking about Jesus. He's not talking about... In a minute, you, some of you recognized some very, very Old Testament language in there. He's talking about written on stone tablets and written on a heart. He's talking about written on a heart here. Written in our hearts is a new covenant thing. That's a relationship with Christ. That will be, we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have God's name written on our hearts. He's talking about these people. He says, your lives are a letter written in our hearts. We've seen what God has done in you. We know you. Everyone can read it and, and recognize our good work among you. Listen, you, you understand who we are now? We go on to verse 3. Clearly you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. Now, if you ever want to hear a compliment that is worth a lifetime of work, think about this. You look at the first part of this. Says, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. Let's just take out, let's just put you in the place of the word you. And let's talk about your family. Let's say you live your entire life and you minister to your family. And you show them who God is. See, you don't give them, you don't just give them Sunday school answers. You literally show them who Jesus is in you and what He's done for you. And as a result of that, you're not the same person. But think about this. You go on. You leave a legacy of a family that you've taught about Christ and somebody says this about you. Look at this. You are a letter from Christ showing the result of your ministry. Your family's not the same because you chose God over yourself. How would you like to have that said at your funeral? Let me tell you what, I can tell you one thing. It completely lacks in comparison to whenever you walk in through the gates of heaven and you encounter the God that spoke this planet into being and He says, well done. You're home. Well done. That is the greatest compliment we can ever get. But if you're looking towards this earth... If you leave a legacy of your family loving Jesus, you know these, you know these, you know these families. It just seems that they all just love Jesus as much as they can. You know these families. It's like they don't ever do anything wrong. Listen, they do plenty wrong, but they choose Christ. And he goes on and says, "This letter is not written with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the Living God." He's talking about letters that he's written, okay? He, this, is, this is the author of 13 books in the New Testament. This guy has written a lot. The only person that writes more words in the New Testament is Luke. Paul writes more books, Luke writes more words. But with the Spirit of the living God, look at this, here you go, Old Testament scholars. Old, Old Testament people that know a lot about the Old Testament, look at this. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. Paul is completely relating to something that they probably knew from the past. Hey, Ten Commandments are on on tablets of stone, right? Ten Commandments, follow the rules. And this is what we want to do today. There's a whole lot of legalism that goes on in our our world today. And we say, okay, and legalism, Pharisees of this time... Follow the rules, follow the rules, follow the rules, follow the rules. Now, Jesus didn't come to do away with those rules. He said, I'm the new rule. I didn't come to do away with all of that. But what I came is I came to have an intimate, personal relationship with you. The Ten Commandments were not carved onto people's hearts because they would die. 
Okay. But what it is, he says, he said, I am putting my name on human hearts. God has changed my life, but only with people that choose it. Only with people that choose it. So I have, so I have the next blank on your worship handout. Look at this. Some of you that write, like, like to write letters. Here you go. Just think about this. You, you are writing your life story. This is one of the sharpest questions that God had me study this entire week. Think about this. You keep thinking about this question. It keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. How about this? You go through life and say, well, I'm tired of that person. I'm mad at that person. Blah, 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 blah. You're not choosing, your, or you're not choosing God's stationery. You're choosing your own. Are you choosing God's stationery or your own? What is the, if you don't know what stationery is, pen, paper, you know, kind of got letterhead on it, really pretty, often nice. Who's got the pen? You or God? Some of you are like, let's mute him, let's mute him right now. He doesn't know what I live, he doesn't know who I have to deal with, he doesn't know how angry my spouse can get, he doesn't know how our business is doing, he doesn't know any of this stuff. Well, you just be quiet, man, I'm not going to be quiet. You ready? Whose pen do you have in your hand? Because if you're holding something, it's not right. See, we should be allowing God to write our life. But pride gets in the way. We say, you know what? Give me that pen. I really like that pen. It's a fountain pen. I really like, or it's a Sharpie blue ultra fine pen. Those are Jesus pens. Those are awesome. (laughs) Too often we want to grab that pen and go, you know what? I want to do my thing. And God says, will you let me write on your life or not? This is hard. I became very emotional when I looked at this, at this question and I was studying this scripture. Paul's asking these people, do you want to be right on your own and in your mind? Or do you want to have God change you? Now, I'm asking this question as a 36-year-old person in first world America. Do you want to have somebody change you to where your life is not as comfortable? The overwhelming answer from the United States of America is absolutely no. Why? Because we're prideful. It gets in our way. Ourselves gets in our way. It's all about the stuff, isn't it? Stuff isn't bad. It's when you prioritize that stuff above God. I know, some of you are are thinking, how much coffee has Matt had today? One cup at a time. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Now listen. The last song that the band did, the last song that the the band played, and Jack, Jack talked about it, says, I surrender. That's it. That is that is that is the that is the epitome decision making part of our lives in in relationship with God. Do you surrender or not? Maybe maybe God talks like this with you, Matt. Just in, input yourself, Matt. Why do you why do you always think that you write a better story than I do? Why do you think that you know best about everything? Maybe you're completely not like this. I have a very overwhelming decision to say there's somebody like me out here. But it says, are you using God's stationery? I hope you look at that this week. Don't just say, well, good. We got the message handout. We got the, got the worship handout out of the way. And, and we got all that done. And yeah, there's nothing much important here. Toss it. Listen, go back over this stuff. 
I've went over this several times. Sometimes you need to go over it again. Look at verse 4 with me. Look at this. Paul, we're confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. (laughs) Paul says this, you let God change your life. You'll never be the same again. (laughs) We are confident. Now you're talking about... Listen. Listen, Paul didn't have the luxury or the want to or the even knowledge of, because it didn't exist, to go to Las Vegas. He goes, I have confidence in myself. He was not Rain Man. I, wish, I love that movie, by the way. He's not Rain Man. He's not going to count cards. He's not confident in himself. He's confident of all this. Look at this. Why? Because Paul is such a great person. Because Paul shops at Kroger. Because Paul does everything. No. Because he has the great trust in God. Look at this. The next two words are violently affected with the New Covenant. Through Christ. In John 14, 6, you guys know this? Jesus Himself, red letters in your Bible, if you have one of those Bibles. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No no man comes to the Father except through Me. Exclamation point. It's over. You cannot argue that. Period. If Jesus Christ says that He's the only way between us and God, and He never sinned so He can't lie, that means that He's right. So Paul says this, I'm confident, not in myself, but because of how good God is. I would love, I wish I had all the time, I wish we had all the time in the world. I'd like to go around individually and just let you share with me one-on-one what God has done in your life this week. I had a person come to me this week and they said, we need you to pray about this. Something big happened with our car. Not good. It's eight degrees. Not good. He calls me back. He texts me back. He goes, Dude, the car was still under warranty. That part was covered. Or I know how to fix it. Or it's not as bad as it was. Listen, do you, do you trust God? Because the parts... When, when your days go easy, this is not, this is not hard. This is not hard to say, Wow, we had 300 people in church today. Thank you, God. I trust you. Right on. It's God says, are you willing, Matt, are you willing to preach to one person? Are you, are you, are you interested in doing all this work to encounter one person this week that you can tell about me? Listen, one is more than enough. Even when, when, when my life is not going fantastically, do you trust me? See, when our life does not go like we think that it should, then is when we start reaching for the pen, don't we? You know what? This isn't going very well. I'm going to take over now. Write it how I want to go. Let's go to Disneyland. Right? We, we, let's go to Disneyland spiritually. Let's just write... Oh yeah, easy. That's what Paul's saying. He says, I'm not confident in myself. I've given that over. Paul's not bragging on himself. He's bragging about God. This comes from the ultimate... If you, listen, we can't classify people. And we can't put a number on their, on their sin. But I'm telling you right now, with studying what I've studied in the New Testament, in school and other, from other people, this is a sinner among all sinners. He killed Christians. He hunted them. He was at, in, in your Bible, you can find where Saul, Paul's current, former name, is at the first killing of a Christian, the first martyrdom of Stephen. 
And Saul was slick. He didn't throw a rock. You know what he did? Hey, let me hold your coat while you throw rocks at him. He's smooth. No court would convict him of stoning. He didn't ever throw a rock. But he held the coats. So this guy is a sinner among sinners. And he says, listen, I'm junk. I'm completely useless, but I have complete confidence that God can change your life. Look at verse 5. If you're an underliner, this is your verse. And he goes on and says this. He says, It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. When is the last time that our attitudes said that? Now this doesn't mean that you can't do things. But what this means is this. It's not that we think that we are qualified to do anything on our own. This, Paul is putting himself humbly, completely under, and being completely submissive to God the Father. Look at this. Our qualification comes from me. Our qualification comes from God. Wow, what's the qualification? God encountered, God encountered Saul. Changed his name to Paul. God encountered him on the road. Okay? If you're familiar with this, okay. If not, you can Google it. Paul's conversion. That's all you got to do. So our qualification comes from God. God speaks to Paul and He says, why do, you, why do you go against me? God got His attention, didn't He? I mean, God would get your attention if you went blind for a little while, right? Maybe, maybe God doesn't have to make you go blind. Maybe God can do... Some other things. Maybe He can allow you to spend that money that you, you should have saved and, and you get to a place where you say, Oh, now help me. <laughs> Our qualification comes from God. A sinner among all sinners is saying that His qualification comes from God. God, God through that conversion, we see one of the, if not the greatest missionary to planet earth that has ever lived and walked other than Jesus. A non-God missionary, and you talk with number one or number two, you're probably talking about Paul. He's the man. How did he achieve such status? He walked around with his name on his shirt saying, I am Paul. I am the man. No, it was completely the opposite. It matched Jesus' words. Jesus told the disciples, He said, listen, you two are fighting because you want to sit next to me in heaven. You want to be the greatest. Muhammad Ali. Listen, Muhammad Ali would say, I am the greatest. I am the greatest. I am. Bring anybody in front of me and I'll knock them out. I'm the greatest boxer that has ever lived. He became world champion. He was considered qualified. Paul walked around this earth after his conversion completely the opposite. I have a friend like this. He has no leg from here down. He had bone cancer when he was 18 years old. As a result of him getting bone cancer, he found out about Jesus. He got really serious with his relationship and became a follower of Him. He is now an associate missions pastor at a church that's southeast of here. He's almost 40 years old. He has no leg from here down. And he competes in weightlifting competitions with one leg. Some of you muscle guys, if you're really into bench press, let me, let me tell you this. With one leg used for his balance, okay? He only has one leg. He has his prosthetic leg, but the balance is not good. He can bench 475. 
<laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I thought 225 was good. Yeah, no. <laughs> Listen, 475 pounds. He deadlifted over 300 with one leg. He is built like a freight train. He's built like a triangle. You know, huge, narrow, big, thick, big guy. Do you know what he said in his house? If you go to his house and you have dinner in his house, you walk through the living room and go to the kitchen, do you know what you see on the mantle? You know what you see on the mantle? You see five world records for weightlifting. Five! He is the greatest person in the world in five categories. In the world, in his weight class, in his division, whatever. He is the best. And do you know what you would, he would say if you ask him about those trophies? Because he's like a brother to me. I know him very well. Do you know what he would say? He said, hey, when I went to lift on those weights, they, they, they videoed it and they live streamed it. And I was, I was able to wear a shirt with Scripture on them to show them how strong my God is. See, this is a guy that doesn't live with the qualifications of himself. He says, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You, you lose half a leg. Listen, this is a big deal. You lose something like that. You get, you get put under that position when the world says, just run away. God hates you. Oh no, Brad says, oh no. He just created me another opportunity that I can share about how good He is to me. It's completely reverse thinking of American. Of a, of a person, of a human being on this planet Earth. It's complete opposite. So when, when Brad is offered this question, he says, you are God. Listen, he says, God... They've been waiting for two years. Pray with me for them. Okay, His wife's name's Holly. They've been waiting over two years to adopt a young boy from Haiti. And the process, and the process, and the process. They got to go visit him, and then they had to leave and come home. It's tough. But does your qualification come from God or from you? Which who? Look at the next blank. Just ask you, straight up. Where does your qualification come from? Don't answer it out loud. Don't elbow your neighbor. Don't elbow your wife. Say, hey, I've noticed that your qualification needs some work. That's none of your business. Take care of your own. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. He was enabled, He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. I want to ask you, I want to ask you another question. How big of a deal do you think it is that you and I are included in this right here? He says us. He's enabled us. Paul's talking about the people that are ministers of the new covenant. The new covenant is 2,000 years old. It hasn't gone away. That means you and I are involved. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're involved as a minister of the covenant. Do you know how special you are? You get to tell other people about how good God is. You get to. Oh, he's saying, well, I don't want to. Then get alone. Really think about where your life was before Christ and now look at it now. You owe Him him everything. Listen, it's a covenant not written of laws but of the Spirit. Again, it's another reference to the Old Testament. Stop being legalistic and say, I do everything right. Because Jesus said the Pharisees had it all wrong. You must keep the rules. You must keep the laws. Jesus said, I am you need to follow me says the old covenant ends in death it doesn't get much sharper than this 
Paul is saying, he's telling people, he says, listen, if all you do is follow the rules without a relationship with Christ, it ends in death, and there's a second death. See, you're all, we're all eternal. Wow. Not that, not that your body is going to live forever. Your soul is completely eternal. You will, your soul will live forever. He says the old covenant or the old written covenant ends in death. And he's talking about the legalistic rule followers that say, I am good because I follow the law. I am good because and they completely rejected who Jesus was. The only way that you and I will be in the kingdom of heaven is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Period. It's it's not because I've been to seminary and heard this. It's not because I've had mentors that taught me this. Listen, Paul says it. But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. You and I are under the new covenant. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you understand? If If you're a follower of Jesus... We should be bursting at the seams to tell people what God has done in our life. And sometimes we're not because we don't have good days. I get it. But when's the last time that you just intentionally said, you know what? Maybe you called somebody. Maybe you Facebook messaged somebody. Maybe you text somebody and say, listen, I just want to share with you how good God is. He's good. You know what? He's not good. He's great. He's beyond great. We don't have words in our English language to describe how good God is. But the Spirit gives life. You have hope. There's people out here, by the way, and Illinois is reaching another pinnacle of being almost six points higher as far as states go. Six percentage points higher than the national average in lost people. Now we're approaching 8 out of 10 people that you see in Kroger or Walmart, stereotypically. 8 out of 10 do not know Christ. Some people go, wow, that's sad. You know what I say? Wow, what an opportunity. We, we say all the time, I hear, I hear older people say, I wish we would see a revival. I wish we would see this. I wish we would see this. I wonder what would happen if we choose God. I wonder. Over the past year, Connection celebrated with many baptisms. Over the last year and a half, we have grown in number. What is God going to do? I don't know. I just want to hang on. I wonder if you do. You're tired of questions, but I have two. Just to remind you. Who's writing your story? Who's writing your story? And how well do you trust God? When we disobey Him, it, 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 goes, it goes back to us not trusting that God knows better than we do. It's hard. It's difficult. You know why? Because we struggle with pride and we're human. And no one's in that boat alone. No one. No one in here is in the boat alone. But today, we're going to do something a little bit special. We do this every once in a while. But from, just from your seat, I'm going to have, I'm going to have everybody, everybody's head uh, bowed here in a minute and we're going to pray. And I'm just going to ask you right now, if you are in this situation where you are really struggling with putting God ahead of yourself,
This is a hard thing. You don't have to, you do not have to put your both of your hands up. You do not have to shake them around. You do not have to come running up here. All I want to do, just show me your hand. I'll look, I'll see, and I want to pray for you. And you can pray for me. Because nobody has it all together. But if you're serious about, you know what, this is a new year, I have a new start. God, I want to be closer to you at the end of this year than I was in the entire part of last year. I want you to write my life. Take the pen from my hand. (laughs) Take the keys from me if you need to. Remind me whose I am. If that's you, let's just bow our heads. If that's you, you say, God, I want to be closer. I want to be closer to you. Just raise those hands just so I can see them. Thank you. All over the place. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. God, you know who is talking with you. God, you know who's raised their hands. And you know those people that wanted to, but they didn't. And God, I want you to take the pen out of my hands whenever I grab it. God, I pray for these people that are seeking to be more like You. This is, a, this is not an easy question. You or us. We're selfish and we're prideful, God. We just ask. We just ask that even starting today and this week, that You begin to mold in our life. You just cause us to want to get into Your Word, God. That, our, that we understand that our qualification comes from You. We love You, God. We thank You so much for this morning. We thank You for the music. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the people singing and the people that serve this morning. God, we love You. We love You. We love You. In Your name we pray. Amen.